This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald, and I'm editor of the Peninsula Pulse. And today, my guest who walked for 20 minutes in the snow to get here is Kurt Kiefer, resident of Bailey's Harbor. He is the Assistant State Superintendent of Libraries and Technology, or he was until he retired last year. And he and his wife, Joni, uh, retired to Door County and Bailey's Harbor. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you. Hello. So we are uh, talking with Kurt today because Kurt is retired, yes, but it doesn't really seem like you've retired too much. Well, sometimes it feels like I haven't, but <laughs> staying busy is a good thing, right? Uh, okay. And that's what we wanted to talk about was what you're staying busy with. Now, Kurt has really been kind of leading the charge, if you will, for broadband, fiber broadband in particular, in the town of Bailey's Harbor, where where you make your home now. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing there in terms of the structure first, like the committee that you serve on, and let's take it from there. Sure, sure, yeah. And I think that's actually one of the important, if you think about this as uh, taking steps to try to solve the problem, it is one of the steps you should be thinking about taking, which is to actually establish some sort of a governance structure of some sort. And uh, the town of Bailey's Harbor, its plan commission met and talked about this idea and needing to pursue this. And their recommendation to the town board was to create an independent ad hoc committee for broadband. And that's what uh, our town board did. Okay. And so that is pretty much step number one. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk with you today, because I think it's instructive. There are 19 different municipalities up here. And in order to make this fiber to the homework for all Dora County businesses and homes, we need to all get on the same page. So in Bailey's Harbor, by what everyone says, is, is further ahead in this game than some others may be. So I was hoping that you could describe the process and what municipalities should be looking at when they're looking at this kind of thing. So you have this ad hoc committee. Let's now first step back a little bit and take a look at what countywide is happening and then zoom in on the municipalities and where we go from there. Mm -hmm. So were you a part of the committee that started with the Door County Economic Development Corporation when they went out for the assessment report? Yes, I was. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so now that assessment report came back in. And so take it from there and what we're doing right now at the larger level. Right. That was very important because it did a couple of things. One was it helped define the problem. And I think that's one of the issues we've had in this country, when it, especially as it relates to rural broadband, um, mm. is what is the problem? Is there a problem? You know, oh, we get we give people really good service and really good speeds. And, you know, that's one side of the story. And the other side are, comes from the consumer and the user and the business side using the resource and saying, well, you know, it just isn't working for me. 
And so the study was able to try to put a third-party independent look on the on the thing and and to gather some data, and they did. They leveraged some of the, the resources we had actually helped make available through the school districts um, across the state and the libraries as it relates to speed test information and what have you. So what it did was it defined the problem, and in Door County, like a lot of places in rural America, rural Wisconsin, you have some adequate broadband access when you have a basically cable internet or some other entrepreneurial telecommunications entity that's moving things forward. And in um, other parts of the county, you don't. And you have traditional, you know, old uh, telephone line copper that's servicing homes and trying to get as much out of that as you possibly can. In some cases, there's fixed wireless, and that has immense limitations in terms of the speeds, but also the obstructions that it runs into because we have these things called trees. Uh, but, you know, another thing I just want to make a nod to, and you, you said this, uh, that Bailey's Harbor is, is sort of a, ahead of some folks. I agree, we are sort of ahead of some folks, but boy, we're behind some other folks in the county. And mm. the, the one I would point out in particular is Washington Island. Oh, Washington Island has taken the vast lead on all of this in terms of getting fiber put across that township. And they did that through the Washington Island Electric Co-op. And the general manager there, Robert Cornell, is really the the person that I take and put at the top of the list in terms of who's really pushing this stuff forward. So we're modeling a lot on what Robert and the, the co-op is doing on the island. And we're also working you know, through those kinds of relationships to identify who we can work with in Bailey's Harbor and elsewhere. So I, I do want to make sure that it's pretty clear that while we're doing some good stuff in Bailey's um, and we're happy to continue to show people how to do it, we're learning from others too. And if there's one thing that came through in that study, aside from defining the problem, it's also figuring out the solutions and the path. And that includes not only the technology path, which has, you know, they've, they've, in that study, it says you should do fiber if you can, because it's really the unlimited capacity of forever technology in terms of broadband. And the other is process though. And the process was spelled out as, you know, learn from each other, figure out who the who the right partners are, you know, and in Wisconsin, it's going to be a partnership. It's going to be a partnership model in terms of, you know, how you get this solved. It isn't going to be all on the private sector side, and it's not going to be all on the public sector side. It's going to be a, a, a marriage of both of those things. And, and, the, and that, laid it, you know, that laid it out. And clearly, that's what they're doing on the island as well with, a, I guess, a nonprofit kind of leading the way, so to speak. Sure. Um, but part, partnering with al- also with some ISPs um, okay. to help with some of those things. We'll take a step back. Is there a problem? Oh, there is a problem. Absolutely. Okay. Outside of the village centers, it seemed. Mostly outside of those areas where Charter was able to connect homes to fiber. Wherever you have cable internet, it's generally a reasonable speed. You usually can get to roughly the the new federal definition, which is 100 uh, megabits down and 20 megabits up. Generally, you can get that. With the other technologies, the copper, the fixed wireless, you can't. And in the town of Bailey's Harbor, you know, our median speed is less than 10 down and uh, less than three up. So we're not even hitting the old federal definition of 25 down and three up. Mm. Um, so, and where we hope to be when we get the fiber installed is 10 times better than that uh, okay. in terms of um, just a minimum, right, mm. is 10 times better than that. Okay. So really there was a widespread issue, really a lack of 
broadband by the very definition of broadband in Door County? We are unserved. That is what we are claiming. Yep. By the definitions of what broadband is, we are claiming to be unserved. Okay. So the, the push here is to be served and it is going to be happening at the municipal level, it sounds like. Can you describe that a little bit, like how the county might be working with the different towns or different municipalities? Yeah, and that that's also laid out in the assessment report, too, in terms of helping to define a path forward. You know, there are things where it doesn't make sense for a municipality to try to reinvent and recreate, solve, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like some things just need to be solved once. So, for example... In Door County, there will be some issues about leveraging the aerial, you know, the poles to hang the fiber. Because in Door County, we probably won't be drilling through that rock very Mm. often, right? Because that's pretty darned expensive. And we've got a lot of it. So we'll probably be hanging things on poles. Well, that's a, that should be a one-time conversation across the entire county, right? And I think the county is very eager to help enter into some of those kinds of discussions. The other and thing... When it just in, when you say a one-time conversation, do you mean a one-time conversation with the providers of those utility structures? Correct. Okay. Yes, that's right. We should have one conversation with the utility company, the electric utility company, right, That where we can hang things from mm-hmm. and have that conversation once and not okay. have 19 municipalities try to have that same conversation over and over again. That makes sense. Yep, yep. Same thing with things like grant writing and uh, data, right? I mean, gathering some data and using some data, doing some mapping. I mean, there's some functions in, in the county you know, administrative portfolio that they really need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And there is an eagerness to do that. They are, they are interested in making sure they provide some of those things. So then the county would essentially be the proxy for the towns? Like the towns would say, this is what we would like in terms of if we are looking at, for instance, hanging the fiber from telephone poles, then the county would be the proxy to actually negotiate with those utility companies or how would that work? Yeah, I could imagine the county having a conversation along with some of the ISPs that we end up working with because they have a relationship with those utilities as well. On a regular basis, they have relationships with those folks. So I think it could be a combination of of players, again, figuring that out um, without necessarily having to involve the town government employees, right? I mean, those are the kinds of things they wouldn't have to do. Sure. And so then everything would be kind of centrally located at the county in terms of information and data and how you're doing things? Some, some, right? I mean, at the local level, there's some data gathering that's probably going to happen, right? So in Bailey's Harbor, one of the other, this would be one of the other things on the checklist of to-dos. Okay. Is a survey, right? In Bailey's Harbor. Is that number two, would you say? Uh, I would say it's a, it's a probably the one of the you better read the report. That's the uh, the assessment report. I would okay. say read that for okay. sure because that's where a lot of the information lies in terms of helping you define the problem and, and also um, figuring out these solutions. But I do think one of the things they do call for is augmenting the data that they used in the study with your own local information. And so we did that, right, in Bailey's Harbor. We created a survey and administered that. We've gotten, there are roughly 500 or so households in Bailey's Harbor, and we have received 270 plus Mm. responses. So we're very pleased with that, with that response rate. And that was done because the town did a nice job, I think, of figuring out how to get it out to people, and mm-hmm. they had the resources to do that. And Does uh, that include businesses? Yes. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Our, commu- our Bailey's Harbor Community Association was instrumental in getting that the word out on that as well, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it paid off in terms of getting some really good information for us in terms of basing our claim about being unserved 
as well as getting uh, an idea of what is it the town wants. And, and the other thing that it did, frankly, was uh, locally it helped define the problem too in very, very, very clear terms hmm. because there were some very persuasive stories about the problem that you run into when you don't have access. Credit cards not being run, mm -hmm. people not wanting to stay longer, really, I mean, significant business impacts if you don't fix this problem on a long-term basis. So then the survey essentially validated yes. those things that you hear anecdotally. Correct. Okay. Yes, and so did. first you read the assessment, then you form some kind of an ad hoc committee at the municipal level, mm -hmm. then you design a survey. So who designed that survey and is it like a survey monkey survey or how did you do it? Yeah, so we designed the survey through the committee and uh, we administered it digitally. We, mm -hmm. we happened to use Google Forms instead of SurveyMonkey, but okay. there are varieties of ways to do that. Sure. We've actually, and this is another key, because goes back to this, we all have to collaborate and not recreate the wheel. We've had interest from other towns to use our survey, which is great, I think, in terms of, you know, it's a reasonable survey. You could nitpick of asking the right questions or missing or what something or what have you. But basically, I think it filled the void really well. And others are starting to use it. Okay. So that was helpful. And you already have the experience of having the data that it captured. And so you know it's effective. Mm -hmm. um, right. And also the distribution model. Mm -hmm. And I should point out also that you are actually, what we're talking about today, you're actually talking with other municipalities around mm -hmm. the county to give them some guidance in terms of what it is that you have mm -hmm. done to date. Yeah, precisely. Okay, and also the Towns Association. So yeah. you're really capturing a very large audience there. Right. I was kind of surprised to hear that one because I thought that there would be, you know, maybe more activity in other parts that aren't quite as rural in Wisconsin. But I guess that's not... Not the case. Is it the same problem everywhere in rural Wisconsin? It is. It is. I don't think it's very, very, I don't think Door County is very different in terms of any other part of the, the state, let alone the country, right? I mean, it's rural. And yeah. uh, it's always been this issue of a return on investment, right? I mean, if you think about it, it is to some extent a capital problem. Markets work and they work the way they're supposed to. And in this case, they work by basically giving rural America the short end of the stick in terms of service because we just don't have the density of population and consumers an urban or suburban area would have. You know, which, which gets back to really, again, trying to think about that solution. The solution for us is to do fiber. And the reason we said fiber is because if you look at the total cost of owning, you know, a solution over the long term, it's the one thing that will be here forever and we will never run out of. The capacity to put, you know, data through a, a strand of fiber optics uh, is almost limitless, which kind of gets back to, you know, we've actually solved this problem twice in America. We have. Okay. Think back 90 years ago. I will try. We, we, <laughs> we solved this and it was called rural electrification. Sure. Right. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't good enough, 20 years later, we had another whack at it and that was called rural telephone. Mm. And you can see the outcome of that today. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, look along the road, you see it every single day. Mm -hmm. And literally all we're talking about now is hanging one more wire. 
Hanging one more wire. Hanging one more wire. And this is a wire that will never, and this question, of course, is coming from somebody who doesn't understand the technology, but this one solution, this fiber, will never, ever become obsolete? I would say not in, I will, you know, we have a four-year-old granddaughter. It isn't going to happen in her lifetime, that's for sure. Okay. You know, and the other thing that happens is they keep making the electronic part of this whole system better and better, right? With, yeah. So like all technologies, they get better and better. So the capacity to even push more information through that little piece of fiber optics gets better and better every year. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it would be uh, kind of dangerous to say never say never, never with technology. Say never, but, right. right. But right. all indications point to that this would be the best solution right now for Durham County. Correct. So let's go back to the survey. So you, you do the survey, you capture the data, the, then you look at that data and say, what does this tell us? Where do you go from there with that data? Well, I mean, we think of the that data as the voice of the residents in this community, right? I mean, we were listening. That's the whole point of of doing the survey. Listen to mm-hmm. what people want. Okay. What did they want? And what they want program? is more ser- better service at mm-hmm. a lower cost. And so they were adamant that, uh, I think in our case, two thirds of all the respondents said, I will definitely sign up for a new mm-hmm. service. And another quarter of them combined, the, uh, another quarter of them said they were very likely to. Okay. And so, I mean, the two highest possible ways of answering the question. And so that combined is about 90%. It's like nine out of 10 people in this township who took the time to say something. And again, we had well over 50%, we think, saying, telling us something, which is huge for any kind of survey, Sure. saying, do something about this. So that's where we're at now, right? Okay. I mean, our, we're working with the town board to do something about it. Okay. So now that kind of data where people say, I mean, it's not, it's not a promise, it's not a contract, but it is data that an ISP likes to Mm -hmm. see. And do they consider that to be a good enough risk factor to be able to come into an area? The more you can say, the more people that you can show have said, yes, we would actually sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's what they call in the industry, a take rate right? They want to get a good take rate. And if they can get 50%, that's great. But I have a feeling we're going to be a little higher than that once Mm. they get things moving, once people see what actually they get. Part of that too is, you know, the, what are people willing to pay, right? What kind of service do they want and how much are they willing to pay? And that was included in the survey too. Mm. We asked those questions and what they were asking for was at least a hundred megabit service at $75 a month. Mm. Well, today, they're paying about $75 a month on average, right? Uh, some may pay a little less, some may pay a little more, but they're getting less, they're, like I said, on average, they're getting less than 10. And as I mentioned, where we're headed, right, with the, you know, the service that we're looking at putting in in Bailey's Harbor, the minimum will be 250 megabits down. Mm. And so it's gonna be probably at least 10 times better. And the price that we are looking at is around $50 a month. So it's well below their, what they've stated they're willing to pay. So that take rate goes back to that take rate question. We think, we think actually there'll be a really good take rate. And so you know what the estimate would be per month for this service, because how? Because that's another thing you will have to do on your checklist is make a decision about who you're gonna partner with. 
And so we have, uh, the town board told us to do some research on that, and we did. They wanted us to focus on local and regional providers first before we went looking for some national company to provide the service, which is, I think, a very fair thing for them to ask us to do. You know, if you can keep business local, I think, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not the only thing you need to necessarily consider in a business partnership, but it's certainly one thing. And so they, that's what they did. And when we did our due diligence, we came back and, and discovered that Ensight Telecommunications was the, the right provider for us. And so what we've done with them is work on a couple of things. Well, one thing that they've definitely told us is they're going to keep the rates that they're using in other parts of northeastern Wisconsin as the rates that they would charge in Bailey's Harbor, which is, again, at this floor level of 250, 250 megabits is um, about $50 a month. So we're, we're pretty certain that's where we're going to come in in terms of what we're going to be able to offer the residents here. Okay. And Insight is owned by Cellcom, is that correct? Insight and Cellcom are basically the same thing. Okay. Yep. So okay. if you know Cellcom as a cellular provider, you know the Insight telecommunications company as well. Okay. So you have your survey data in hand, you have the ISP, which is Internet Service Provider. Yep. And you have that person that that company that you want to partner with in order Mm -hmm. to be able to fulfill this so then what happens well one of the things you have to do before you can get anything hung on a pole or bore into a ground into the ground is you have to do some more engineering we did some of that through the report through dcedc right they did a high level analysis to kind of cost it out but before you build you got to get into the nitty gritty. And so that's what the next step is with Insight is the town has authorized the use of our um, our relief funds to help do some engineering analysis to really figure out, well, what, 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 what does building look like in Bailey's Harbor? And uh, they're currently in the process of moving that process ahead. And then with that information, once they get it, then they can actually get into bids for actually constructing the network, which would happen as the next step. So, okay. So yeah. the engineering stage, that requires a commitment of the municipal money. In well, order somebody's got to gotta pay that? for it, right? Sure. Right. And, and yeah. so, so even just preparing for something like this, there is a, there is a funding requirement there for the municipality. So the engineering portion of it to show, I imagine, where we need to bury the cable versus where we can hang it. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty much what they're looking at? Exactly. And they're doing it at an address by address level because our commitment in our town is to make sure every address gets served. Okay. You know, there are some providers who are you know, building out the periphery of their existing footprint a little bit at a time. So they're kind of gradually moving, you know, but in Bailey's Harbor, we've said, no, when we make this investment as a town, it's infrastructure and we're going to make sure everybody has access. So the engineering analysis will, it will incorporate looking at every single address in the, okay. in the township. Will that analysis give you the cost? Yes. Okay. That the will, estimated it will cost? give us, it will give us the detail that they then will turn around and put out to bid for construction services, materials and construction services. Okay. And then they will have the actual costs. Okay. Now, starting this all out, you did have somewhat of an estimate in terms of, you know, what it was going to cost Bailey's Harbor. What would it be for Bailey's Harbor? What was that initial estimate? Yeah. So our initial estimate was predicated on the DCEDC estimates, right? So when they did their study, the, the engineers there did their cost analysis. We used that as a starting point. 
And then we bumped that up and they had actually inflated that a little. They inflated it like by 20% because they wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't any sticker shock. And so they, which I think is a reasonable thing to do, especially given that there's going to be such a demand for all of this stuff and all of the contractors and all of that, because more and more folks are going to start doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went a little bit north of that too, and just to be safe. And so in Bailey's Harbor, we said, uh, it's probably going to cost us about $5.25 million. Okay. Which, and again, I think the important thing to say there, because everyone immediately says that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. is, well, we need to look at benchmarks, right? It's infrastructure. Well, what kind of benchmark infrastructure do we have? Um, and one is our fire station, mm-hmm. right? Our fire station was a I don't know, three and a half million or something like that, in, right. which was built in 2018. Another one is our sewage treatment facility, right? Uh, we built that 30 years ago at a cost of $6 million, mm. and which, you know, inflationary uh, dollars and 30 years later would have cost us, if we were building it today, 12 million, not mm-hmm. 6 million. And so our, th- our figure of five and a quarter million feels, you know, it's kind of like in the ballpark for how we do infrastructure kinds of projects. On top of that, obviously, we're going to search for some grant money because there's a lot of state and federal money. Um, there's a round of state funding that's become available. In fact, we'll be submitting our grant request this week. Okay. And, and we hope to at least get at least a third of that project paid for. So now we're really talking about, you know, $3 million-ish or something like that to the town, which, again, I think is favorable relative to the fire station, the sewage treatment facility, and whatnot. And other towns have, have their own infrastructure investments they're making that they can use as benchmarks, too. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. So when is your engineering assessment expected to be returned? We should have that sometime in May. Okay. Yep. And at that point, then they will have the information they can do to go out for those construction bids. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we'll, we'll, I mean, our goal is, you know, I'm, I'm very, very optimistic, right? I'm the most optimistic person you're going to run into. So my, I'm optimistic that we'll have some customers lit yet this calendar year. Now, oh, I, really? I, okay. I talked to the ISP about that and they said, don't oversell this. Okay. Don't oversell this. <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, we have to be ambitious, right? You know, we've been suffering too long, frankly, mm-hmm. and it's time to fix this for our businesses and our residents and so if we can do it quickly, that's the goal. Okay. And so now the voters, because Bailey's Harbor is a town, then mm-hmm. the voters will need to actually approve the spending of this kind of money for this so, purpose. So the town can take out debt without going to the town electors if they don't, if they want to. But our town board wants to have this run past the voters and so the, the residents. And, and so uh, at the annual town meeting in April, April 19th, we will be on the, uh, the agenda and okay. we'll be talking about this project. And we encourage people to come, want people to know what's going on. We want people to voice their opinions. We suspect that based on the survey, their opinions will be pretty strongly in favor, but everyone needs to have a kick at this. So uh, we really do welcome folks to, to join us at the annual meeting. Okay. So now you and your wife, again, retired 
just last year to Dura County. Mm -hmm. So why in particular were you so interested in this topic and why did you get involved in this so quickly? Yeah. You know, I guess we're both public servants and uh, we're always looking for how we can help. My wife's a retired school teacher, uh, elementary school teacher. I'm a retired, I guess, um, educational bureaucrat Mm -hmm. is a good way of putting (laughs) it. Um, But, you know, obviously this was one of the things that I did in my, in my own professional role, uh, especially with those schools and libraries and boy, oh boy, seeing the pandemic and how it hit us. So, you know, in so many different ways. And clearly this was one of the ways, right? I mean, we discovered we had done a great job lighting up our school buildings and our libraries across the state, but Nobody was in them then. And mm. so we had to figure out what, what to do with, with home access. And so it was, a, it was a passion, you know, from that perspective. We've had great conversations with those potential partners, the libraries, the schools, and what have you. They're, they're voicing their support. In fact, you know, this evening, this day we're, we're recording this, I'm going to go visit with the Gibraltar School Board um, mm. about the topic and uh, help them understand what we're trying to do to see how they can partner with our project okay. um, as well. And so there is opportunity for doing that. So if Bailey's mm-hmm. Harbor leads a charge here, how would it, one municipality or one taxing authority take on a partner, another taxing authority yeah. partner? Yeah. Well, in this case, it would be a contribution to the project, right, as a, a financial partner, right? School districts have had have their federal funds that they've received for the, for the uh, pandemic. Uh, they're very flexible funds. One of the things that they've, the federal government has made very clear that they can use that money for is to help connect kids Mm -hmm. and staff. In fact, that's the Washington Islands, uh, I believe, is moving in that direction, the school district there. And that's a that's a good thing because, you know, our communities turn out to help schools and kids routinely. And now we have an opportunity for the school district to do the same thing. Okay. and uh, give back to the entire community. And, and we're not looking for, you know, a big contribution. We're looking for a targeted thing. So an example that they're doing on the island is putting in a sum that's sufficient sort of to get those service drops connect, you know, to every one of the households with a student or a staff member. And I think that's a beautiful way to target their resources for part of this this larger project, you know. Okay, so if the, for instance, if Gibraltar School District were interested in contributing some of their American Rescue Plan Act mm-hmm. funding for mm-hmm. all of the municipalities within their district, mm-hmm. then they would need to do that in order to be able yes. to connect all of their students. So mm-hmm. they would essentially be financially partnering with a right. number of different, right. okay. And, and again, you know, we're talking about, I mean, it would be where kids aren't connected, right? So mm-hmm. if, if in a village they're already connected, well, you wouldn't need to contribute any resources for that household, right? I mean, it just makes sense. But there are folks that aren't. And, you know, we're again, we're not talking about a lot of money. We're talking about maybe 1% of our project, right? Mm-hmm. In total cost of our project. It's a small number. Okay. So now we have gotten, I think, to the end of the steps, <laughs> except for once you get the grants. Right. So you're applying for grants and you'll keep applying for grants, mm-hmm. as I understand, up until the time that you're actually starting the project or finished it depends on the grant right so if a grant says oh you can you can apply retrospectively for stuff that you did and whatever we'll go after that too right right now we know the one that's sitting out there that's due next week that we're we're eligible for we're going to go after that and then we'll see if there's there's other opportunities you know i think another thing that we do i wanted to mention about sharing too across uh, the communities is you know everything we're doing whether it's that survey or a contract with an ISP or a services agreement or 
a resolution. Um, you know, the town board passed a resolution to consider broadband in its rights of way construction projects and what have you. Any of those kinds of documents and artifacts, we want to share all of that with every mm. other township, right? I mean, there's no reason for them to recreate wheels. They can take a look at what we've done. And, and, and again, we borrowed some things from the island and what they're doing as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So that, that's, that's one of the benefits of having mm-hmm. people that are at different levels yes. here. And so there are, there are lots of things that, that some municipalities may think that they're not qualified to tackle this project. And w- what kind of advice would you give those municipalities? I would I'd, I'd strongly advise them to stay connected with the rest of us. You know, reach out, let's talk, let's share each other's ideas, right? Um, I was down in Nassauapi last Thursday, and it mm. was a wonderful conversation, I think. You know, it, it, the phrase that, you know, when Joni and I talk about this, it's you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And it's really a matter of just sharing information. And then you go, oh, yeah, you know what? This is like the rural electrification problem of 90 years ago. It is the same thing. It's just a different technology at a different time. Mm. And so getting around and just having those kinds of conversations with everyone is really important. And I think I would encourage everybody to do that. I think picking a partner is a really important decision, right? Because the town is not going to be building this, right? We're not going to build people for this service. We're not going to do the marketing and promotion for it, right? I mean, that's not what the town is good at, right? They're good at a lot of things, but running an internet provider, a service provider, no, not so much. So we need a good partner to do all of that. They're doing all the, I mean, the bulk of the grant writing kind of work they're helping us with. They'll be doing this engineering analysis. They'll manage all the construction. We're not doing any of that because it's just not in our wheelhouse to do that. All right. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for taking the time and walking on this snowy day. This is on Monday that we're recording to come in here and talk with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're listening to the Door County Pulse podcast, and this is Deborah Fitzgerald. And my guest today was Kurt Kiefer. Thank you so much, Kurt, for coming on and talking to us about Robin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.